Do keep that part open if you would and uh, let's uh, pray. Lord Jesus, we just read of how controversial you were and we know in our day how controversial you still are. And so we pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to see clearly who you are and to receive fully all that you have for us. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. What sort of things make you thirsty, really, really thirsty? Uh, Maybe it's, um, I don't know, a long tube journey or bus journey from the other side of London on a hot summer's day. Or It's nice to imagine a hot summer's day, isn't it, in November. Um, but actually, on that day, as you kind of sweat it across and you get home and you are gasping for a drink. Or maybe it's when... Um, that, uh, I don't know, the, uh, something really dry you eat. Uh, it's really great bread, but actually after the sort of, I, I, sorry, this is maybe my world, after the third piece of really great bread, your mouth is parched, or that extra piece, uh, this is again my world, isn't it? That extra piece of pudding, and, and your mouth is starting to sort of, right, you think, I'm desperate, desperate for a drink. We need water, all of us. Constantly. It's what you and I always need when we're thirsty. Um, Even the trendiest, kind of cleverest, most marketed new drink is basically water, if it's going to refresh you at all. We can't live without water. And so the experience of being thirsty points us somewhere. It points us to go find something to drink. And a bit of Bible we've just read, Pete's just read to us, um, tells us of something where Jesus was at this uh, festival, Festival of Tabernacles, happened every year, and at the end of it there was a water-pouring ceremony, big jugs of water tipped out, and um, this was uh, remembering the way God provided water for his people in the past, and also looking forward to his promise in the future of renewal, of new life. It's the kind of thing, as you saw all that water poured out, might make you thirsty. And it's the kind of thing that pointed to a deeper thirst than just thirst for a drink. A deeper thirst for the presence of God, for the blessing of God, for God to do something to make the world right, to restore all things. Because life makes us think, doesn't it? It makes us ask questions. We can't we can't engage with life without asking. I mean, from childhood maybe, it's mummy, where did I come from? Daddy, you know, why do we pray? Who made God? Those kind of questions. But then, as adults, we look at the world, we experience pain and suffering ourselves. We see war. We see tragedy. And it really makes us ask questions, doesn't it? Why? Why did that happen? Why did that happen here? Why did that happen to those people? Why did that happen again? Why didn't you stop it, God? Why, why don't you sort the world God out, out God? Why, why, why don't you just sort of make it all better? We're thirsty if we think about the world for answers, aren't we? We're thirsty for more. Thirsty for a better world. A world where things are right, where things are harmonious, where people live in harmony, where I don't get 
out of joint with other people, where you don't, where relationships are right, relationships are God, with God are right, where brilliant things that we know in the world don't wear out. We're thirsty. We're thirsty when life hurts, and sometimes we remember to be thirsty or we actually pause for thought for long enough when life's really good. We actually have a little moment. We think, wow, life, what a great holiday I've just had. Or what a, what a brilliant week I've had at work. I don't know whether you ever think that, but sometimes people think, yeah, that was a great week. If only it could be like that every week. If only the way we were getting on when we were on holiday, if only normal life could be like that. If only. And Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Just like being physically thirsty points to our need for water, being thirsty spiritually on the inside points to the fact that we need the water of life. We need the water of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus talks about here. He's saying... He is the Son of God who's come into the world, is saying that he wants to give people, you, me included, the Spirit of God, the personal presence of the living God with you every day so that you can know him. Can you imagine if you never got thirsty? uh, I mean, you might, you know, draw it up on the calendar, oh, remember to have a drink at breakfast and at lunchtime in the evening... But if you didn't get thirsty and you were busy at lunchtime, you might not remember to drink. And, well, you'd start to get weak and dry up and shrivel and and eventually die, wouldn't you? Um, Being thirsty is is a sort of pointer. It's a necessary thing. And what's true of physical thirst is true of spiritual thirst. We need to drink spiritual water to live spiritually. Years ago, I got a, a postcard um, through my letterbox, a black and white thing, very sort of striking, because it was so sort of, didn't have much on it. And um, the slogan, if you can read it, great. If you can't, it says, image is nothing, thirst is everything, obey your thirst. This is a copy I made yesterday, but the original postcard was an advert for Sprite, as you do. I remembered it because it makes a good point. If you're thirsty, you need to drink something, you're thinking, I want to drink something, forget what anyone else thinks, forget image, forget anything, I just need to satisfy this thirst. The irony, of course, is that uh, like other fizzy, sugary drinks, Sprite makes you feel, ah, and then you're really, really thirsty, aren't you, about half an hour later. Um, But, and actually there's an issue there. There's just an issue there, isn't there? We're so used to people overselling things to us, aren't we? We're just so used in our advert-saturated world to people coming along and promising us more than they can actually deliver. Making promises that are too good to be true. Uh, Those of us who use Microsoft computers will be familiar with this. Every time they release a new kind of version of their Windows operating system, they promise it'll fix all the problems with the old one. And your machine will work much quicker. And for a week or two, until you get all the updates, it does seem to be... And then you think, oh, no, we're back to where we were. And, or you buy that phone, that gadget, that new thing, and it, just, it, was, it was just a must-have. I just had, oh, wow, it's so wonderful. 
And you think, well, yeah, it is, but, you know, life goes on. It's just a gadget. It's not actually all it's cracked up to be. My life hasn't changed to be like the shiny people in the adverts just by buying this thing. And so we get cynical, don't we? We develop a filter, I think, to protect ourselves from the overpromises. We, we don't want to be constantly disappointed, so we kind of filter out people saying, this will really help you. And the danger is we're going to use that filter with the words of Jesus. I realise I haven't pointed this down uh, to what he says. Uh, I rather read it from my notes, but look at what he does say in verse 37 on page 1072, if you've uh, shut the Bibles. He's wanting to, 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 to invite all of us to come and drink the water of life. Let anyone who is thirsty come. He wants to invite all of us. And the danger is we use that filter of thinking, oh, you know, well, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure I can trust him. I'm not sure he's going to be as good as he claims to be. Whoever, the scripture, whoever believes in me, verse 38, the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Holy Spirit. And... I don't know what to say other than talk to Christians if you're not knowing this yet personally. Uh, and Christians, if you think, well, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm not sure I know this personally either. Well, talk to someone who does seem to know it, does need to certain, seem to know, not that they're perfect, but they, they seem to know the way that Jesus kind of tops us up and keeps us going. He's like water to our souls, where we think, I can't, but he can and he enables me. That's the Christian experience. And notice he's not talking in verse 38 about a a cup of water, a bottle full of water. He's talking about a river from within. Something totally transformative. Uh, If uh, you've read the Old Testament, which some of us have, um, there's uh, a prophet called Isaiah, who's, uh, who's one of the people God uses to look forward to a future day. So this is sort of more than 700 years before Jesus, but Jesus is picking up on what Isaiah says in God's name. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Striking, isn't it? No money, no cost. You don't have to pay. Why not? Because Jesus paid. When Jesus came into the world and died, he paid for the wrong you've done, for the impurity in your heart. He paid, he will clean you, so that God the Holy Spirit can take up residence. So the Holy One can live in an unholy person like me or like you. And be like water to your soul. That's the invitation. Today we remember the sacrifice of those who've died so that we could enjoy freedom. That is an incredible privilege to live in this culture where we have not had a major war since World War II. And those two appalling losses of life last century have won for us a period of extraordinary freedom 
and prosperity for our culture. We are rightfully remembering and rightfully grateful for that sacrifice. But every time we gather at the front here around that table, or any, any table where we're remembering Jesus' sacrifice, his death, we're, we're remembering the greatest sacrifice, the Son of God coming into the world to bring us back to God. Jesus says it, doesn't he, in verse 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them, the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Only Jesus can quench our spiritual thirst. Only Jesus can make us alive spiritually and keep us alive spiritually. And when we realise that, we won't be bothered about image, we won't be bothered about what do other people think about me being a Christian. Image is nothing, thirst is everything. Obey your thirst. Even if it does mean jokes and sarcastic comments at work, or for some of our kids in Sunday Club, maybe at school it means being picked on as, as the Christian. Well, so what? So what? Image is nothing. He is the one who's come for us to save us. Now, let me just uh, conclude with um, just some of the different ways we might be this morning. I think many in our culture um, get to adulthood and get to kind of, you know, a pattern of life and think, you know, I'm doing fine, I'm coping. I'm not particularly thirsty. Thanks very much, Steve, for this uh, wonderful uh, sermon. You've been going on about Jesus' words. Come to me if you're thirsty. Well, I'm not really very thirsty. Maybe that's you today. Can you see, if that was physical thirst, what a dangerous position that would be in, be to be in? If you, if you never got physically... We've talked about that, haven't we? You'd forget, to die, you'd forget to drink and you'd die. Well, can you see how it might be actually very dangerous to be in that position spiritually too? if actually we do need to go to God, go to his son, if we do need to drink the water of life, and if we're not thirsty at all, the danger is we might not ever go. So can I say, if, if life and the tragedies and trials of life hasn't made you thirsty, then let me try a different tack. Would you, would you take a fresh look at Jesus? Would you read through one of the Gospels as an adult and look at his life and compare your life to his life? Because if you do that, I think he'll show you a, a gap. He'll show you that there are things that are wrong in your life that, that should be put right. And he'll show you as you read about his extraordinary life that God is real. That there's... There is more to life than hitting the next target, than just the things we can see and touch. I wonder, would you do that as an adult in a fresh way and discover perhaps for the first time a thirst for God? And if that's anyone this morning, I just want to add a personal note, really. Um, I don't know how you felt as we read through those 68 names. Um, they were our neighbours. I didn't know any, anyone by name. Clary had two relatives in the tower. Other of us did know people in that tower. 68 souls.
Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. His death is enough for all of us. But not everyone comes. Not everyone comes. Not all of those 68 are with God in heaven. Because not all of those 68 came to Jesus to drink the water. And I'm not speculating. I, I've, watched, I've watched mobile phone footage from a lady. I don't speak Arabic. But it was the final moments of her life. And she turned to God in prayer and was crying out for mercy. And that is the prayer that God loves to hear. It's just whoever will come. Whoever believes in me, says Jesus. Whoever. There's no sort of test you have to pass first. It is for all of us. It's a wonderful invitation. But we need to come. We need to drink. And we need to come, I want to urge us to come, because it's so good. Jesus is so good. And what he's done for us is so good. And to know God with us every day is so good. Christians are simply people who come on drink, uh, drinking. And so as a Christian, and to my fellow Christians this morning, can I just say, will we let this truth soak into our souls this morning? Will we be people who drink from the river every day, who allow the Holy Spirit's work to fill our lives as we go to work, as we bring up our families, as we spend time with our neighbours, as we shop, as we live life in the city, as we watch things, as we talk to people, will we be praying, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Would your water flow through me? Would you heal my brokenness? Would you revitalise my deadness? Would you enable me to live a life that reflects something of Jesus as you live in me? That's a great prayer, isn't it? Or something like that. That just kind of is a preacher's way to put it. But you'll have your way to put it on an average Tuesday to say, Lord, that's the life I want to live. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want, it to, I want his work to soak into my soul. I want to be thirsty for more of you. And as we live like that, we will be refreshment. We will... Be those who God can use in our different situations, use in this community, use with the hurting and the broken, to point them to the water too. Jesus says it's for anyone, it's for all. But those who receive it are those who come, those who believe, those who drink. And so... If you're saying, I'm, I'm not sure I am, I'm not sure that's my life, that the Holy Spirit lives in me, can I um, encourage you to come, just, um, just find me afterwards, or I'll leave, leave them up here actually. There's um, these little booklets, Steps to Peace with God, um, that will just talk you through how you can take that step to 
actually come to Jesus, to believe in him, to receive and to know his Holy Spirit in you. So can I urge you, if you're thirsty today, if you're thirsty, Jesus says, come to him and drink and he will give you peace and his spirit. The water is there for all. Will you drink it? Will you look further into it? In the words of the Sprite advert, image is nothing. Thirst is everything. Obey your thirst. In the words of Jesus, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Amen.